Hey gang, Chad Madden here with Breakthrough and wanted to do a unique episode for you here where I'm going to be going through your questions and answering them. So uh, rapid fire QA. So let's get started. So uh, first one is um, aside from physicians, what are the best referral sources for physical therapists? Well, um, here's how to think of it. So from the 35,000 foot view, uh, right? We overuse that cliche a lot, but um, from a distance, if we think about this, there are three places we can get new patients from. One, uh, physicians, right? That's uh, physicians. Right now we want to go independent. Um, so physicians not employed by the hospital or that have their own POPs practice um, or PAs. So physicians assistants or nurse practitioners. I believe it's pretty universal in, in all 50 states. Those three medical um, professionals can write, uh, those clinicians can write scripts for PT. Um, but if we're dividing it into three major buckets, it would be physicians, bucket number one. Bucket number two would be, uh, or target market number two would be your past patient list, right? Um, that's the easiest thing. People that already know, like, and trust you in your community are the people that are most likely to come back in for additional care. That's assuming that you treated them well, that they like physical therapy, that you've kept in contact with them over time uh, via uh, email or uh, direct mail, snail mail, um, but you've kept in contact with them over time. And then the third bucket would be um, the general public. So where I'm going to go with this, so the, again, the original question, just to uh, touch base on that again, is aside from physicians, what are the best referral sources for PTs? So what we have done very well and have developed over time, not only in my private practice, but in the hundreds of other uh, practices that we work with, is we help them locate other businesses in their area um, that have, let's call it a lookalike list or a similar list. It's the same avatar. It's an avatar match. And what I mean by that is if our target market at Madden PT is 45 to 64-year-old 60, family-oriented females. That means she's likely married, she likely has kids. So family-oriented um, also implies that she has a husband, children, and may even be making uh, medical appointments for her parents, right? And taking them to the appointments. Um, literally, before I just walked into my office here, I talked with uh, somebody who has done all three of those. She has brought her husband in, she has brought her children in, and she also brought her parents in um, to PT. So what we look for are other businesses in the area, in our local community here, that service her as well. So could be, for example, a furniture store, a jewelry store, a spa, a massage or massage therapy center. Uh, boutique fitness tends to work really well. We have a good partnership here locally with Golds. And if you think about what's happening there is those companies also have lists um, and there's lots of opportunity for cross promotion, et cetera. So what we tend to look for is that business owner or that HR director or that manager who is willing to promote us, bring us in. We typically do something that's value added for them, like a workshop or something like that. And um, they're basically saying, here is, you know, Joe, physical therapist. Joe is a great guy. Um, he, and he's going to help us with shoulder pain or um, with back pain or whatever it is, they promote that event for free 
and now you get basically free leads of potential patients and you just had that third person that um, third party endorsement um, so that's pretty cool as well so that's what we tend to look for um, and you don't need many of those um, be, and especially if those companies are have lists and are good at marketing to those lists so that's what I consider the best referral source because it's very inexpensive. It takes a little bit of uh, uh, elbow grease and work um, to find them. But once you find them, uh, they tend to be very good long-term relationships. And yes, we, we bring them in as well and host events and have them speak at our events as well. Um, next question. Are there direct marketing tactics to improve word of mouth marketing? I'm going to give you an easy one. Um, so getting people to talk about you, uh, it, it's helpful if you have some, something for them to talk about. So we host workshops. Uh, we're hosting three per month, two per month, um, in-house at each of our locations. So that uh, it, frequently what will happen there is we'll have a patient, uh, either an existing or a past patient, who has a recalcitrant, uh, reluctant friend, they'll bring them along for the ride as well. So um, that's pretty typical, and that increases word of mouth marketing. Uh, we've also used books, reports, um, et cetera. If you don't have a, a, a mechanism, a gimmick, a tactic, a strategy, um, then the next best thing is just simply talking with your patients um, as they're about to graduate physical therapy and ask them, you know, the conversation typically goes something like this. John, you came in, you know, you were having a lot of back pain when you would sleep at night. You said this is the best that you felt in um, three years. You worked really hard. You did your home exercises. Um, you kept all your appointments and your range of motion looks great. Your strength looks great. You're back to doing everything that you want to do. Um, well done. So recognize and acknowledge them. The next one is you just ask them, you know, who else do you know with back pain that could use our help? And get very specific. Don't hand them a free screening card or anything like that. Just have that person identify that patient, identify somebody else that could potentially use your help, and then just ask them, you know, what's the best way for us to help them? And then help them do that. Pretty simple stuff um, when you stick to the basics. Great question, though. Uh, next one, are there um, uh, what's the best marketing channel or strategy if you have a limited budget? Well, I just shared a good one, um, which is finding partners that have lookalike lists that match where their avatar matches your avatar. Avatar means uh, your ideal target market, your ideal person, right? So um, that, and that's typically a live meeting. Um, you don't need a million of those. I mean, if a practice has, a smaller location has four of those. That's fantastic because you can basically rotate um, every six months, every quarter, um, go back to that business if you have a good long-term relationship. Um, maybe 12 if you're a larger site uh, like we have right here. But um, that, that's the best strategy that I know. We call them uh, Captured Audience Workshops, CAWS, C-A-W-S, little fun acronym for you. Um, and we aim to host one cause workshop per month um, and two in-house workshops per month. 
the other part of that question, so that, that would be the best strategy. The, the first part of the question is what's the best marketing channel? Well, when you're saying channel, I'm assuming that you're going straight to the consumer, which in, in this case, let's just call it direct access. So you're marketing direct to the consumer. Fun, quick, fun story for you. Um, Carl Mattiola, the, the CEO and co-founder here at Breakthrough, um, surveyed over 300 private practice owners um, five or six years ago. And he said, what's the biggest mistake you've ever made in marketing? And he got back um, all these responses and he basically um, filtered them down, you know, uh, combined them into 37 unique answers. And they were all media. And he also asked the other question, which was, what's the best thing you've ever done? And same exact thing, 300 responders, um, boiled them down. It was the same exact thing. So some people said, uh, you know, direct mail works. Some owners said direct mail doesn't work. Some owners said uh, print ads work. Others said print ads don't work. Uh, some owners said inserts work. Other owners said inserts don't work. Some people said patient newsletters work. Other owners said patient newsletters don't work. So what do you believe? Well, here's the deal. Um, when owners are talking about this, the only thing that they ever talk about is the marketing channel. And if you go back and you look at the owners that were successful and the owners that were not successful with any sort of media, it always goes back to that marketing message media match, the, the famous Dan Kennedy um, triangle, right? For any marketing to work, you must select um, the right target market, the person you want to attract, and that must align with the type of media you choose, it has to be something that they can consistently consume. And most importantly, and this is what a lot of owners get wrong, is you also have to align with the message um, that you're delivering. So very key stuff there, um, market message, media match. And the, the best one for your area, there's, uh, and I only have a, a, an owner name here, I don't have where you're from. So there's no way that I could tell you that. The key is to test it. And think about who your target market is. Think about, and you should interview them, think about what types of media they're consuming. Are they on Facebook? Are they online? Are they on Google? Um, are they reading a local newspaper or a local magazine? If so, you should be there. And you also, the third part again, is creating, crafting a message that speaks directly to that person right? Crafting a message for the parent of a 15-year-old gymnast is significantly di different than crafting a message to a 52-year-old uh, mother of two, grandmother of four. Um, they're very, very different. So you want to think about that. Um, next question is, uh, how much should a healthy practice be growing year over year? So it depends. Um, if you're less than a million a year in revenue, um, you could grow 100% and do it fairly comfortably. Um, and I know that might not seem real. I'll share a personal story here in a second. Once you hit, uh, like, let's say one to five million a year, um, I have found it to be very reliable to aim for 20% a year, year over year growth. And here's the story behind that. So, um, Personal history first opened up September 2nd, 2003, uh, three years into private practice. Um, so six months in, we had 100, I think 108 visits a week. 
Um, and it was just me, a PTA, and two uh, front desk people. Three years later, we were still about that same level, so roughly 100 visits a week. Um, what we did after that is um, when I started really getting into marketing and hiring and expanding um, is we grew 600% in 30 months. So what that means is going from 100 visits a week to 200 visits a week in a year, so doubling. Uh, two years would be 100 to 400 visits a week. And then 30 months was 100 visits a week to 600 visits a week. So that's the kind of growth that we went to. So 100 a year later, uh, we were at 200. Two years later, we were at 400. 30 months later, we have 600 visits a week. And um, what the real question is, is how do you balance scaling with ramping up your systems? Because really, um, I mean, you could, if you mastered marketing, you know, if you went through our killer marketing course, um, if you worked with us um, in your area, you know, the, with, our, um, with our online workshop team, right? And you had 80 or 100 or 200 people contacting your office in the next month uh, to come in for care, you, you could 10x, right? The amount of people coming into your practice. However, let's not be naive here, you, you have to be able to scale up the other systems as well. So frequently we'll see, you know, an owner uh, scale up their marketing systems and uh, they don't really have uh, the best scores, the best efficiency, effectiveness in their billing systems. That gets them in trouble or they don't really know how to hire quickly. Um, that gets them in trouble. So they haven't scaled up those other systems and that has to happen. So I know you just want to focus on one thing and you think might think that you only have a marketing problem or something like that, but more realistically, it, you have to balance growing and scaling um, what is going on in your marketing, what's going on at your front desk, what's going on with your personnel, and what's going on with your billing and finances and scaling up, them up altogether. For us at our size, and I can give you an idea, um, last year we did about $4.8 in revenue. This year we'll do about five point three million in revenue as we have a, a month or so left here in the year um, and before we close our books. And that's what we're on track for. So that gave us, you know, roughly that 20% growth. I think it's like 22 or 23%. And we find that that allows us to continue to grow and scale, continue to hire, but yet we're not breaking systems so fast that we have fires everywhere as well. Um, so that would be uh, fairly healthy. And I think that again, serves for a million plus, and if you're less than a million a year in revenue, um, you can push the 50% to 100% year-over-year growth. And then we'll take one more here. Um, we'll, we'll keep this uh, a fun one. How do you juggle being a dad and a business owner? Um, and we'll, we'll throw in there uh, husband as well. So um, how do I juggle that? <laughs> I, I try to think about this in terms of uh, time control. And um, I've gotten fairly good at, and I, this is something that I have to fight personally, but um, you know, it's, it's easy to get lost with, with time, right? So I'm involved here at Breakthrough, I'm involved um, at, at Madden PT. And just to give you an idea, we have three offices, we're expanding to other offices, and I'm involved um, in, several other businesses. Um, now, 
the thing that I've improved upon the most is um, allotting my time. So when I'm focused on marketing, I'm focused solely on marketing and creating, you know, content here for you. And I, um, I mean, you can get it, you can deep dive into this pretty good, but uh, Daniel Pink wrote a book, I, I believe it's called When. Um, there's another similar type scientific based book that came out around the same time. I forget what the name of that one is, but I read the Daniel Pink book. You can look up like uh, circadian rhythm, um, optimum human performance, stuff like that. And I, I pretty much follow that. So um, I, I sleep well, make sure I get plenty of sleep. And basically it's being in bed at nine, nine or 10 o'clock at night. Um, I uh, tend to reflect on my previous day or, you know, what, what did I do today? I plan ahead the next day and I, um, I have a regular meeting rhythm with myself every, um, so just a daily check-in really quick. Um, and with each of the teams, I do that on a weekly basis, um, which is, takes a little bit longer. I do that on a monthly basis and I also do it on a quarterly and now an annual basis as well. So I think about what I want to be happening um, in my, for my own personal health, like how am I eating? Uh, you know, do I need to be doing some basic personal maintenance stuff? Uh, I took a meditation course last year. Um, I'm going to take a step back here for you. I think about my life on several different levels. The first level is on an individual basis. So you know, many, uh, many owners that I talk with, they're not getting enough sleep. Um, their diet's kind of crappy. They don't have time to exercise, stuff like that. Um, there is a lot that you can do in terms of effectiveness and efficiency. Um, if you look at, um, take a look at, you know, biohacking. So intermittent fasting, huge for me. Yes. Skipping meals, doing 24 hour fasts, um, or 36 hour fast is needed. Um, I think I'll continue to push that, but that gives me some time. Also keeps me, me healthy. Um, and I feel great. Uh, meditation practices in there as well. Uh, meditation or prayer, um, you know, some sort of devotion. I think that's important as well. Um, and exercise, there's, you know, you have high intensity interval training. There's a ton of apps out there, workout of the day. Think about, you know, I got rid of the hour and a half, two hour workout sessions. And now they're 20 minutes a couple times a week. Um, I lift once a week now. It, and it takes about 30 minutes versus, you know, what I used to do uh, before marriage and kids, which was a lot longer, you know, spending seven to 10 hours a week in the gym. Um, kind of ridiculous. Can't do that anymore. Got rid of the time consuming habits uh, like golf. Used to golf every day. That was 19 years ago. Can't do that anymore right? Um, love to fly fish, might get to fly fish once or twice a year. Um, but do have those regular practices. And another important part of that is time for reading that happens early in the morning. Um, as I'm getting the kids off to school, our oldest boys have to wake up around six o'clock. So it gives me some reading time in there and reflection time as well. Um, next level up is, you know, what am I doing with family? So, um, my, my wife, Steph and I, who is invisible to you completely off the grid um, on purpose. And, um, you know, you'll probably never meet or see her. Um, but, uh, you know, we have a, a lot of time. Every morning we have 15 minutes uh, together where um, we handle what we need to handle. Um, 
and we go through this a simple letter, little exercise of uh, daily gratitude. So three things we're grateful for, and then we go about our day. We communicate a lot, and we have dinner together every night. So, um, and there's some other things that happen in there as well. With our family, every night I block out pretty much from five until nine dedicated to family. So we're doing a baseball game. We have six children. They're very active. So we're constantly doing something there. Um, next level up is, you know, the businesses. Um, and there, what we do is uh, we have growth and consistent planning for the, the two main companies that I'm involved with. And just to give you an idea, uh, Matt and PT here, um, right now, um, we're functioning on about, I think I'm here about three hours a week. So don't treat anymore. Um, and I have a meeting with each director. That's about to be turned over. Uh, Mike's going to take that over here. And um, I have a one-hour marketing meeting, and then I'll attend our staff meeting here at the main office. And they, they, Joe doesn't even really need me to do that anymore. Um, I just like to do it so I have a pulse on, in terms of what's going on. The key to that happening is the right team in place and the right systems. And uh, it, it's, it's not like a snap of the fingers and all that happens. Uh, there's a lot of work that you can do there, but having the right people in place is key. Uh, without the right people in place, forget it. <laughs> like it, it's just, it's not going to happen. And that has taken time um, to figure out. And, you know, same idea with the systems um, as well. Just constant iteration and improving upon the systems. Uh, there's been a lot of failure along the way um, early on in the, the days of breakthrough, um, I was not good at time management, time control, controlling my environment. And those two worlds collided uh, frequently. I was also doing uh, some commercial real estate stuff as well. But um, the key thing here is to think about on those three levels, you as a person, you relative to your family, uh, husband and wife, husband or wife, and your children, uh, maybe your parents as well. and then. The third level would be on your the business end of things. Where do you want to be in the future? Whether it's three months from now, a year from now, five years from now, and name that, write that out, put some thought into it, and then every day you're working towards that. I make sure I block out something every single day for each one of those, and they're very they're quick touch points, right? And I'll I'll leave you on one final thought here. I know I did a deep dive on that, but um. Early in my practice life, uh, I, so the goal was that we would have five physician referrals a week. This is before direct access in Pennsylvania. We were able to do that uh, day number one, and we maintained that for a while, the first three years. But I kind of uh, let my time control slip away, and I got to a point where I was uh, treating about 75 hours a week, so it, it was a little ridiculous. Um, uh, you know, working 75 to 80 hours a week, and my wife pulled me aside and she said, hey, Chad, all this is great, um, but uh, you're basically working two full-time jobs, and I'm happy that I get to stay home and I don't have to return to work, but, you know, I don't want you, our, I don't want our family, we only had one child at the time, uh, Jack, but uh, I don't want our children to grow up and not know who you are, so can you figure this out? And I just got really disciplined. I eliminated treating on Saturday mornings. We went to Monday through Friday schedule and I did uh, three long days and two short days and 
we've kind of stuck to that um, over time. But um, what that allowed me to do is Tuesday and Friday afternoons, I blocked out for marketing and administrative stuff um, and like started creating YouTube videos and some things like that. Um, but blocked out that time and stayed disciplined with it. And I, when I'm talking with owners, that's frequently where they lapse is they'll fill that, that, that blocked out that t those time chunks with um, things that are seem like they're urgent, but they're not really urgent. And, you know, it's a little bit of prioritization. It's a little bit of uh, time protection in there as well um, to do the things that we really need to do um, long-term and focus on that. Anyhow, it was a meandering answer to a really good question. Um, probably could put together a training on that for you as well in the future. Um, as always, this is Chad Madden with Breakthrough. Thank you for investing in your private practice. I think we need to be doing that now more than ever before. Thank you, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. If you found this helpful and you want to learn more, then head over to learnwithbreakthrough.com to access our free in-depth training tutorials. That's learnwithbreakthrough.com. Thanks again for tuning in.